Well, as you uh, know, I think at this point, we are in a series called Fresh Start, and we are at the final week this week. As you can tell by these enormous trees that are now in our main room, unfortunately, they won't stay here. Uh, they would go right through the roof if we kept feeding these trees, so we do have to get rid of them. If this is your first time here for this month, what this is, I should probably explain, is the very first week we had a tiny little palm tree here. And the concept was if you're willing to plant something new, it grows. And what these, this card that was in the bulletin was these Fresh Start Challenge cards. Every one of these things, if you plant them now, if you make January a time in which you follow this 21-day challenge and make these habits in your life, Something great will continue to grow throughout this whole year in your life, just like these trees grew. I mean, it just, it's right here touching all of you, right? And look at, the, look at the growth around the tree, all your friends and family that grew from it, and the pops of flower that's coming up over here. It's just incredible, right? Thanks. Sean, I want to thank you for doing that, as well as the high school group. They were the ones putting this in and out each week. Appreciate it a lot. So continue to do that. Continue to move forward. We are going to take this final week on Acts chapter 14. So if you have your Bible, open it up to Acts chapter 14. And then if you have your phone, you can open it up to the app, Acts chapter 14. Where we go from here next week is we're going to start a new series. It's going to be Acts 15 through 18. We're doing the entire book of Acts with these little mini-series. And so this next month of February, the theme is, Are You a Superfan? And a superfan is an extreme or obsessive admiration for a person or thing. And so we're going to each week talk about superfans. So with the Super Bowl next week, we're going to talk about super fans of sports. And all of you, I want you to be the illustration. This will all be gone. So next week, you're the illustration. Everyone wear your favorite jersey of whatever team. It doesn't have to be the two in the Super Bowl, but whatever team you're a super fan of. I'm going to have one on as well. I'm going to talk about it in the message. And so each week, we're going to talk about super fans. Next week is the Super Bowl super fan of sports. The following week is going to be about comic books. I don't know if you knew that, but there's uh, no video games. Video games or comic books? Maybe both, but we'll just put them together somehow. And then the week after that, we're going to do a band that uh, people are super fans about bands. And then the week after that, we're going to do Disneyland. There's a few super fans of Disneyland's out there. I don't know very many of them, but uh, I think there's a few out there. So I'm excited about this next series. Hopefully you're all at Acts 14 now. That's what I was stalling for. I saw all those Bibles really moving. Verse 1. At... Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went as usual into the Jewish synagogue. This is how they started every city they went to. There they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Greeks believed. But the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the other Gentiles and poisoned their minds against their brothers. Now this should sound familiar. It's been in every single week's message. This pushback. Here they are. This is three weeks we've been studying this. And every week, there's this other group that kind of comes up and stirs the pot of saying, hey, don't believe these two guys. And the whole point of the series has been there's always going to be pushback. This challenge that you're jumping out on as you begin to read your Bible, as you begin to pray, as you begin to do each one of these things on here, there will be pushback. Whether it's from like literal people saying, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Or it'll be a spiritual pushback of some sort that just keeps you from doing it. 
Will you be like Paul and Barnabas and push through this? Because every single city, it's the same thing over and over, this pushback that's hitting them. It goes on, verse 3. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there, speaking boldly for the Lord, who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. The people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews, others with the apostles. There was a plot afoot among both Gentiles and Jews, together with their leaders, to mistreat them and stone them. But they found out about it and fled to the Lyconian cities of Lystra and Derbe and to the surrounding country where they continued to preach the gospel. Now, understand that stoning means there's a murder plot against them. Like, they're talking about murdering them. I don't know what the opposition is to you as you're stepping out for God, but it's probably not all your neighbors getting stones to go over to your house and throw them at your face because that's what these guys are dealing with. The, the application for us is slightly different, but the, the real theme of it, the willingness to push through no matter what you face is the same. It reminds me of a story I read about Captain Terry Simmerall, and it was about World War II, and he was in this bombing plane where what's supposed to drop out was this phosphorus bomb where it would drop and smoke out an area of where the battle is. So they needed to drop the bomb so that every other plane and whatever was coming in there next knew where to fight and drop their weapons. Problem is, when it opened up, it blew up in the actual bomb container thing. And so it blew up and blew back at the captain, and his eyes were immediately uh, burned out, and then his half his face and his ear was burned off. It was a horrible situation. But it's still there smoking and burning to where it's going to hit more bombs. So he has to think fast. So blind, deaf, he picks up the bomb. He walks to the front of the plane where the guy is flying it, opens the window, and tosses the bomb out the window so it would land where it's supposed to land, and everyone could go to that spot. Now, as I was reading this story, I'm like, I've never heard of this guy. I've never heard the story before. I will probably forget his name by next week just because that's my mind. And yet, he was a key integral part of this battle, of this war. He is given at the moment the, con the Congressional Medal of Honor. So he is given a reward, but he's mostly forgotten throughout history. And yet, he was a key part of that story showing the determination, the perseverance to do the part he was given. And it just reminded me of how Christians throughout centuries, that we are on the backs of those Christians. All the Christians before us who were so faithful, who stood up and did what they were called to do by God in that moment, now we carry on the mantle. It reminded me of Pastor Larry, who 29 years ago launched this church God, through him and the leaders that came with him, began something that year after year, people got on board and they did their part to continue to press forward, to press this mission, this church, and what God was doing in your Belinda and the surrounding areas through this church. And now we carry it on the same way. Will we also have the determination, the perseverance to press forward with whatever God has called us to do, where we work, where we live, where we play, in our church, will we press forward and have the same type of determination as this guy we read about, as Pastor Larry and the many Christians before us, will we continue to carry on and press forward like Paul and Barnabas do, city after city, with the pushback coming 
in every single city they faced. Think about it. In the city of Paphos, they preached their hearts out. One man places his trust in God. And it was after this spiritual sort of battle with a, with a wizard. It was a whole little wizard shakedown in that chapter. Then he goes on to the next city, and they're in Poseidon, Antioch, where many people come to know Jesus Christ, and yet the persecution comes so fast that they have to take off and run away. And then here they are again, pressing on, telling about Jesus, and they have to run away again because of these now group wanting to throw rocks at their head. Over and over, what do they do? Press on, next city, next city, next city, to share the message that Christ had called them to share. It's incredible to watch. They're now in Lystra. This is verse 8. In Lystra, there sat a man who was lame. He had been that way from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed, and called out, Stand up on your feet. Now, Peter does this same thing many chapters before. But remember that Peter is in a Jewish city. They are not. They're in a pagan city. It does affect the story because they're shocked in a whole different way than what happens with Peter in that Jewish city. At that, man, the, that, at that, the man jumped up and began to walk. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in this Lyconian language, the gods have come down to us in human form. Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul they called Hermes because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, this is how pagan this city is, the priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought bulls and wreaths to the city gates because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to them. Now, if you remember back a couple chapters, uh, Herod Agrippa I had a similar situation happen to him. And they all started wanting, they all, all the people wanted to start worshiping them as God, or him as a God. And because he allowed it, what happened next? A bolt of lightning hits him, and then he's eaten by worms. Now, my guess is Paul and Barnabas have that burning image in their head of this guy who was hit by lightning and worms ate him. I, I, I can't even imagine what that looks like. I think of, I always go to Indiana Jones references, but when the guy's face is burning at the end of that thing, it's an awesome scene. But anyway, I just kind of have this image. Paul and Barnabas lived it. And so now when this moment happens and they're worshiping him, I, I'm guessing they're like, whoa, 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 no, no, because that's literally what we see in verse 14. But when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard of this, they tore their clothes, rushed out into the crowd shouting, friends, why are you doing this? Now understand why they are doing it. So a Jewish city, when it happens, they're like, oh, man, God is working through this guy. But they don't have this reference. They have a reference of Zeus and Hermes. That was who they worshipped. The Greek names were Jupiter for Zeus, Mercurius for Mercury, and it was the messenger of God. It was something they had priests for. It was something they worshipped daily. And so when this miracle happens, all they know to do is to say, wow, this must be Zeus and Hermes and these two guys here, and that's what's happening. And the reason I kind of give you this background is we shouldn't be surprised when you're sharing with someone who knows nothing of God, when you're sharing out you know, with neighbors or whoever and they've never heard of this God, there's going to be this confusion in it. There's going to be a, I mean, it could go a lot of different ways. I don't know if they're going to bring bulls and wreaths and start worshiping you over it. Probably not but they're going to put it in the context they know. 
And I only say that as kind of a side note to say we have to continue to understand where we're sharing and who we're sharing with and the context that they understand this God. There's going to be parts of their life full of sin that they don't realize that there's things that are damaging and hurting them. We have to go in love. We have to treat them where they are, understand who they are, and then share Christ in that and then move them to a place after that of where they need to be. That's what they have to do here. It's a, a little more drastic because Paul and Barnabas, again, I think they're thinking about the guy who goes eaten by worms. But friends, why are you doing this? We too are only human like you. We are bringing you good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. So they've done everything right up to this point. They have shared the good news. When they started worshiping him, they pushed it away. They've shown nothing but love. So obviously this story is going to end well, right? No, because you guys have followed along enough, I think, to know how each one of these cities work. Look at verse 19. Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside of the city, thinking he was dead. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back into the city. The next day, he and Barnabas left for Derby. So catch this. They thought he was dead, okay? So it wasn't like they threw a few stones at the guy. No, they tried to murder him. They thought he was dead, dragged his body outside the city, thinking it's over and now it's time for lunch. The guy wakes up and he goes back. He goes back into the city. This is where I have to go, okay, now that is determination. That is perseverance. If this guy can go back into the city. I mean, no one's throwing rocks at my head. There's some challenges. There's some struggle. But it's not like this. Can I apply this to my life and have the same determination that when I face challenges, when I have a little bit of struggle opening up my Bible in the morning and reading to God, maybe I should push a little harder. Maybe I should have a little bit more perseverance. Inviting people over to my house. Yeah, it's not perfectly clean all the time. Um, no <laughs> I'm not even where that thought went is I'm just gonna let it go I need to clean the house more that's what I was thinking so in your notes there's a couple of things I want you to write down today this whole move forward this challenge this 21 day challenge this this fresh start with God uh, you're probably not having people go after you and try and murder you. But there is application to push forward and to have the determination and the perseverance to do these things no matter what, no matter what kind of backlash, pushback, challenge is coming at your face. So in your notes, the reason, the way that's going to happen is, first and foremost, have you established them as habits? Have you created habits in your life to where these things are just set and done it's going to be, go beyond January, and the rest of the year, I'm going to make these things happen. For Elisa and I, uh, there's a few of these that we had to really talk about and make these a part of our life. Reading the Bible, praying, those things we kind of did on our own. Uh, for me, I put an app on my phone, and it's a 365-day read the Bible in a full year, and it reminds me it comes up. It's five or ten minutes, but I take the time to spend reading the Word. 
I get to work on sermons and stuff and do a lot of, of Bible reading in that, but that's not what this is. This is, do I have a relationship with God where I just spend time with him, reading his word, praying, enjoying an actual relationship? Others of these, like having people over, as I was joking about, we had to talk through that. When we moved to Clovis, we said, all right, our home, we're going to make this a place in which we do ministry. We, it's open. Uh, it's not going to look perfect all the time, but we're still going to have people over on a weekly basis. There's going to be a night of the week in which we have people come over. And it, it was a lot of people that started coming over, and it was awesome. And it was a habit that we formed with God. Tithing was the same way. We did this when we first got married. We said, this is not going to be an issue. We may struggle with money. We may be having some difficult moments and figuring out how to do everything, but this is a non-negotiable. And 10% seems to be the rate, so that's what we're going to do, and we're just going to make that a part of our life. And we did, and God has blessed. God has taken care of us. And every once in a while, someone will say, well, the 10% thing's not really a New Testament, New Church biblical principle, and I go, well, that's true. Do you want to know what the New Testament principle is, what the Bible talks about giving in the New Testament? Because it's a little bit more than 10%. Most of the time, there's a line of people with property and homes that they're handing over to this new mission forward, to the way, as they call it. In fact, there's one story where they're throwing their last bits of two coins, and they're giving them everything they owned and God's calling it out as that's a true believer. That's someone who understands that I will take care of them. Will we have that kind of commitment and say this is a non-negotiable in our life? In fact, they don't talk about the 10% too much because the Jewish people at that point, it was a non-negotiable. It wasn't something they had to say anymore. That was a part of their habits that they created. God wanted to show them what really going above and beyond and trusting me is all about. And so that's the stories going on from there. I say all that just to say, will these become more than January 21-day challenge things for you? Will you have the perseverance of a Paul and Barnabas as they show us city after city to push through and make these habits in your life? In verse 21, it says, they preached the gospel in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, which is amazing if you think about what happened there. Iconium and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. And then he says this. I love this line. It's sort of the theme of the whole series. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said, and they have the right to say it. Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed to them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. I love it because they get to go back to all these cities where they had to run from because they were faithful, because they continued forward. They kept moving with God and what God had called them to do. Now we see them get to go back and build churches and elders in each one of the cities that they had started with. The first time through, they might have reached one or a few. The second time through, they're building churches and appointing elders. Don't, don't lose that thought. If you're faithful, if you establish this perseverance, God will be faithful in this mission, and he will do exactly what he says he's going to do. Use you to reach people for the kingdom of God. So that second point in there is establishing perseverance. Never give up. 
Keep going and going and going, sharing this message of Jesus Christ through your life and through your actions. I'll close with this quote. Theodore Roosevelt said it. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbled or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs and comes short again and again, who know the great enthusiasm, the great devotions, and spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. This, this is what perseverance looks like. Of course, people are going to criticize you. Welcome to life. There's always going to be pushback and challenge, especially when you try and do good things, when you try and step up and put new, fresh things for God in your life. It's either going to come from, from uh, real people pushing back or a spiritual battle pushing back, but there's always going to be pushback. Will you still get in the arena and fight? Who cares if you fail? At least you failed trying to be great trying to do something for God. If you fail trying to do something for God, you win. Victory, that's up to God what victory looks like. We don't understand all the time what victory looks like. Our job is to be in the arena sweating, marred, whatever it is we have to face, but persevering and saying, God, use me. And for some reason, he gives us so many verses saying, I'm going to use you. You are part of the story that I am creating in this world. So keep that in mind. As we close this series, make these a part of your life on a daily basis. In fact, what we have here is communion this morning as a way to commit to God. If you're here and you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the bread and the juice represent the broken body that was broken for you on the cross and the blood that was shed on the cross and then buried and rose again so that you are forever, forever forgiven of sins and will spend eternal life with God. The rest of the Bible is about this journey he wants to take with you. And so as we take communion this morning, let's also commit to that journey. God, use me. I want to be part of this journey with you. Now, if you're here and you haven't accepted Christ, I've asked the elders and the staff to stand at each one of the tables. Just go and pray with them. You don't have to take communion yet. In fact, you don't, none of you have to take communion. But it's a moment for you to pray with an elder, pray with staff, asking, I just need to take a first step with God. Will you pray for me? But if you're here this morning and you have began these challenges and you're moving forward with what God has called you to do. Make this a time in which not only do you remember the cross, but you also take a moment to say, God, I'm committed to you, committed to this journey. 2019, I'm living for you. Will you stand as we pray together? Luke 22, 19. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup 
saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. God, we do remember your gift of the cross. It's why we're here. Thank you for the gift of eternal life. And thank you for the gift of relationship and purpose. The abundant life you speak of, that while we live here, we're part of the story. God, I pray that we would continue that story forward. God, we give you this act as an act of worship. In Jesus' name.